0: Welcome, everyone, to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host, Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number. 928-428-9494. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a good day. I'm barreling through the intro because I'm waiting for a phone call. My guest today is Yolanda Bejarano. She is the chairwoman of the Arizona Democratic Party should be calling in momentarily, and wanted to get through all the, you know, opening stuff, all all the beginning stuff that I do every day. You know, the phone number and the happies and the how you doing, are you having a good day? Wanted to get through that because she's supposed to be calling. Actually, right now. So let's let us see. We will we will wait with baited breath uh let's see uh quick reminder oh there she is never mind I don't need to remind hi caller you are on the air is this Yolanda Bejarano uh
1: she's going to be here in just a minute I'm going to merge the calls right
0: now okay great so there you go merging the calls already all right Yolanda Bejarano yes hi you're on the air this is voice of the valley i'm dave bell thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it of
1: course thank you so much for having me
0: uh we couldn't quite link up uh because i believe you're going to be in town tomorrow am i correct you're going to be in safford i
1: don't believe i will be oh okay because able able to make it after all. yeah
0: gotcha our (laughs) our local chair had said that you might be here and we're kind of trying to to get something tomorrow but unfortunately just couldn't work and turns out this is better if you're not going to be here. So, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. I know you've only got a limited time today. So, I want to jump right in. How are things looking for Democrats in Purple Arizona right now?
1: You know, it is looking really good. We are um fundraising uh, we have a three to one cash on hand advantage over the republicans we are recruiting candidates we are talking to folks about the issues that matter um so it is it is looking good feeling strong i
0: i just read a, a news piece today i'm not sure where i read it i forgot that said uh on the congressional races democrats are out fundraising at about a three or four to one ratio Average on hand is is about a million for the democratic uh, Democratic candidates, and about two hundred and fifty thousand on hand for the Republicans. What are you attributing that to?
1: Well, I think you know Democrats have um, a plan. We have we want progress. We want things to we want to make life better for for people. And unfortunately, Republicans have nothing to sell. They do not have. Any sort of policy that that will improve the lives of Arizonans, and so I, I imagine that that has something to do with it. You cannot call somebody and make the case like support us, but but we have nothing, uh, you know, to offer. So I think you know I, I tell this to people all the time. If Republicans were really interested in, in governing, then I think we'd be in trouble. But um, you know, it's not to say this isn't going to be a, a tough fight. Every vote is going to matter, and that's what we're doing right now. We are on the ground talking to people, um, making it clear that there's a big difference between electing Democrats and Republicans.
0: I have to be honest with you. I I think the biggest advantage Democrats have is Donald Trump. Um, Mm -hmm. He really harms down-ballot races and has for the last, what, three cycles, four cycles? uh, Mm Yeah. Really, really damaged those. If he is not on the ballot come November, is there any worry that, that Democrats I, – because I know a number of moderate Republicans who say if Haley's the nominee, they're fine. If Trump is the nominee, they'll vote Biden. And as, as we just said, that affects down-ballot races. Is there any concern that Trump might not be on the ballot? You
1: know, I, I don't think – Haley is going to be their nominee. It's going to be Trump. Um, and and even if that were the case, let's say Haley was their nominee, which I do not believe is going to happen. Um, you know, we just have to explain to folks, make it very clear that she is not the moderate that she claims to now be. Um, so it it really is about you know talking to folks, making it making helping folks understand that this person is is just as extreme as Donald Trump, just disguised in a different uh, outfit. Uh,
0: I'd like to talk a little bit about congressional district six, because that's our district here in, in Safford Mm -hmm. Thatcher, um, and Engel round two. Uh, it, it appears that way. There are other democratic challengers, but right now Engel seems to be taking the lead. Um, both decent candidates, one of the closest races uh, in the state. Siskamani kind of delivered for the district during his first term. Um, how does how does the Democratic Party and specifically candidates overcome what has been a pretty good showing for his first for his first two years?
1: Well, I would just push back a little bit on that. On um, you know the that he delivered for the district, he just voted against the um, the border bill. You know he and then a few days later went to the border to take uh, to do a photo op. So people want um, they want solutions to our immigration um, issue that we're having. You know there are this was one of the toughest. Um, border bills that has been, um, you know, presented, and it was a bipartisan effort, and Siskamani voted against it, as did the other uh, Arizona Republicans. So I think, you know, if we talk about abortion, now Siskamani is trying to walk back his stance on his extreme stance on abortion. Um, I think, you know, they can say that they are delivering and that they are doing all these things and that they're moderate. And the the reality is that they are not.
0: Siskamani does have a great story though. And that's a tough one to overcome, whether you like his policies or not, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, being a, a naturalized American from Mexico, he went through the process. It's in a heavy Latino district. That's, that's a really tough story to overcome. Can the message, overcome that story?
1: You know, it, it is a great story, and I think um, I have a very similar story, um, and I think, you know, this is something in the Latino community that we talk about a lot, when people forget where they ca- come from, and I think that's, that's Siskamani. He has forgotten where he came from. He has forgotten the struggles of immigrants, and, and he just is weaponizing and politicizing um, the border and immigration. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, w- I will say it is a good story, but I think he has forgotten where he came from.
0: Well, as, as you mentioned, you share a similar story. How do you overcome the traditional conservative, so uh, personal conservatism of many Hispanics, uh, you know, holding their faith very strong care, you know, I, I'm phrasing this poorly and I speak for a living, um, Hispanics traditionally hold conservative viewpoints when it comes to personal issues, abortion being one of them, gay marriage, another one. Uh, how do you overcome that with a group that has traditionally been viewed as Democratic-leaning?
1: Well, you know, you you talk to folks, you have those conversations that this is about um, your personal freedoms, that the government has no role in telling you and telling a woman what they can can and cannot do with their body. The government should not be involved in any personal decision. And so, I think Latinos understand that. Latinos do not want the government in their bedrooms. Latinos do not want the government in their doctor's offices. So, it's it's really just having that conversation. That this is the road that Republicans want to take us on, which is just complete and. You know, taking away our freedoms on on every level. So I think it's really having those hard conversations, just helping helping folks understand that there is a real danger. Um, you know this, especially I think you know we say this every every election cycle, this is the most important election cycle, but this really, truly is. If we do not keep Donald Trump out of the White House, um, yeah, it, it is it is not going to be good.
0: I, I'm I'm chuckling to myself because I literally said that to my wife last night when we were talking <laughs> politics. Um, the other thing that that made me laugh to myself was listening to you just now. You could have been a Republican in 1986. Um, those were the exact Republican talking points. Government doesn't need to be involved in people's personal lives. Mm-hmm. When did this change? I mean, and, and how did this change? Why did this change, I guess, is the best thing because, uh, to ask, because this is what I'm hearing from Democrats, and I'm hearing the opposite from Republicans who are saying, no, we need to take books out of the library, and we need to uh, bring the Ten Commandments into school, etc. Uh, what caused this seismic shift to just w- literally flip the script?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. What what do you think? You know, it's
0: I mean, the the religious right played Mm -hmm. the long game. I mean, they started almost immediately after Roe and realized it was going to take decades and they achieved what Mm -hmm. they wanted. Now, that's the religious right, not conservatives. You know, I want to stress that because I have many conservative friends, great people. The religious right is a completely different group. Um, Right,
1: right, right. And the religious right, you know, they co-opted the Republican Party. And, you know, and now Trump is doing their bidding. And, you know, really it was Trump's Supreme Court that overturned Roe v. Wade. And now we're seeing what just happened in Alabama with the, you know, the the IVF.
0: Which Um, is a natural, yeah, it's a natural outgrowth of that ruling, uh, you know, of, of Dobbs. And the reality is it's harming the people that supposedly want to limit women's access to health care. Right. So
1: it is I, bonkers.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have to ask before I let you go, we got about 10 minutes, the perception of the current administration, uh, Joe Biden is viewed as doddering, foolish, possibly dealing with dementia. And yet the policies are getting enacted the infrastructure bill has pumped a lot of money into a lot of different states, including Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's Trump who can't remember his wife's name and is making up words. And and where, where's the disconnect there?
1: I think, you know, any incumbent is going to have a, a harder time. Um, and you're right. You know, Donald Trump is. Every day, visibly, demonstrably, like out there rambling off on bizarre non sequiturs and and these wild tangents, you know, not able to complete a coherent sentence without, you know, uttering a an obvious falsehood. I mean, that's happening every single day. Um, but you know, I think it's just a it is what Republicans keep pushing. I I keep telling folks, you know, being president is about judgment. And what our president has done, what President Biden has done after three years, you know, all of these historic pieces of legislation that he's able to get through, that are gonna change the lives of Arizonans and people across the country. You know, age doesn't matter. It's about his judgment. And we know that Trump's judgment is compromised. You know, this is, uh, I think we just have to keep pushing, keep talking to people about it. Uh, Democrats worry, everybody's worried. This is what we do. And my message to folks is, let's not worry so much. Let's get to work. Let's talk to people. Let's have those real conversations.
0: Uh, My criticism of Democrats, uh, because Mm -hmm. I can't criticize Republicans and not criticize Democrats. Uh, It seems that Democrats have a disconnect when it comes to the environment, missing a whole segment that traditionally votes Republican. And I'm speaking of farmers, hunters and ranchers. Mm -hmm. They're a group. uh, Nobody cares more about the environment than those three groups because their livelihoods or their recreation depends on it. And and these are folks that you're saying you're both saying the same message. And yet they're not they're not aligning themselves with Democrats. And I'm curious why Democrats have missed that group.
1: Again, I think it's, you know, going to the places that we haven't traditionally um, gone and, and talking to folks. I'm from a small little farming town. I, I totally understand. I, I hear what you're saying. And I think it's really, you know, talking about, for example, um, Attorney General Chris Mays was able to um, help with that the Saudi water, infor- you know, thing that, that happened where the, the, the Saudi company was siphoning water um out of arizona to um for their you know for alfalfa and just sending it back to saudi arabia and i think you know it if if you do not point out to people who are the elected who are the folks that are creating these laws or or trying to help them um they're just not going to know like you know talking about like insulin people don't know why their insulin prices are now capped at $35 and we have to do, that's the, you know, our, the party's job, the democratic party's job of getting that message out to people and helping them understand. But yeah, it, it is uh it is really just building relationships with the farmers, with the ranchers, with the hunters, and just talking to them about, about the issues.
0: The other one that, that always jumped at me was a nationalized health service. I'm a big fan of that. I've been a proponent of, of having one of those for decades Um, I talk to a small business owner and ask them how much they're paying for their portion of their employees, health insurance, which by the way, no health insurance. I don't know anybody who loves their private health insurance. They stink. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it out loud. They're just awful. They go up every year. You lose benefits. If we had a nationalized health service, small businesses would be able to pocket more money and either invest in their employees or their business expansion or profit and as a small business owner you you want to make a profit again i'm surprised that democrats haven't made that connection with a group that again tends to vote republican uh just thoughts on that is it is it a isn't an approach issue rather than talking about how so many people will be helped make it a little selfish and say hey business owner You'll make a profit if we do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we do have a small business council um, and we're growing that and just inviting small business owners um, to have that, you know, have conversations and talk about, um, again, their issues. But yeah, it could be it could be many things it could be the approach. It could be, um, you know, I think ultimately it comes down to just. Explaining and and, and providing the facts, but also making like. You know that emotional connection, and, and helping folks understand. I know I keep going back to the helping folks understand the what's real, what's the reality here. But um, yeah, I think we there we are making an effort, and we are we understand small businesses are the backbone of um, of communities, and obviously we support small businesses and we support um, you know their their success. <laughs>
0: Last question before I have to let you go. Uh, how do you like the Senate race? Gallego seems to be doing uh, well in the polling as well as fundraising. Lake's out there, and we still don't know what's going on with cinema.
1: Yeah, we don't know what's going on with cinema. Um, you know, and, and whatever happens, we are supporting our Democratic nominee, and we are going to make sure that Carrie Lake is not a senator from Arizona.
0: All right. Yolanda Bejarano, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And can I just make one plug really quickly? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I would love to encourage everyone to attend the Graham Greenlee 2024 community barbecue that's happening tomorrow afternoon at the Vignette on Main. It's from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Come meet Candidates and um, help us collect signatures.
0: I believe uh, petitions for the uh, abortion issue—that's right—is also exactly. going to be on there. Is going to be there as well. So
1: that's correct.
0: All right. Thank you again. I appreciate. It. We'll have to have you on uh, as we get a little closer to primary.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dave.
0: Thank you. This is fun. All right. Take care. That was Yolanda Bejarano. Where I'm going to take a quick break and finish up when we come back. Right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number. Thanks again to Yolanda Bejarano. She is the chair for the state Democratic Party. Again, Republicans, you're invited. Democrats have been asking. Don't want anybody to think I'm playing favorites here. I had Lamb on. I have Mark Lamb on. I invited him on again. I actually like him. He's a nice guy, um, and and quite frankly, Democrats should be worried if he takes the nomination and not Lake for Senate, because I think Lamb would beat Gallego. The question is, can he get through the primary? Gallego doesn't have the the love that that some Dems in Arizona do. He just he just doesn't he's not a bad guy. He just doesn't he just doesn't cross over as well as some other Democrats do. And uh you know, people like Lamb. He's a good guy. He's a sheriff. People love sheriffs. Well, if you're not a criminal, you know, if you're not a criminal, you love the sheriff. We love PJ. I'm not a criminal. So uh yeah, Republicans. You can. All you got to do is reach out. That's what the Dems do. Like she said, going out and talking to people. They reached out. Happy to have them. Happy to have all voices. Uh let's see. Speaking of, I'm sorry. I was, I was, you know, doing the news like I do every morning, catching up on the national news, and saw that uh, Lauren Boebert's 18 year old got popped for, gosh, what about a dozen charges. As near as I can tell, it appears he's alleged, reportedly, breaking into cars and stealing stuff. Uh, This is the same guy. Same. Well, he's now an adult, but when he was underage, uh, when he was seventeen, he knocked up his underage girlfriend who was fifteen or sixteen. She gave birth at sixteen, so I'm assuming. She got pregnant at 15. Not necessarily. I could be wrong. So, you know, that is a uh, political dynasty coming to an end. The fact that she had to move to another district to have a chance says everything you need to know. Look, I, I don't. Every family deals with problems, and and I'm not knocking the family for dealing pro- with problems. And teens doing the wrong thing is kind of what teens do. You would hope that they don't that the wrong thing is like if they're supposed to be home at ten thirty, they come home at eleven. You know that was my big thing when I was a teenager. It used to drive my mom nuts. Whatever my curfew was, I I blew it by a minimum of half an hour. Uh, but you know, I wasn't out drinking or drugging, or and unfortunately for me, not with any girls. Not for lack of trying, just because it's me and women are smart. So, uh, I wasn't doing anything like that. There was no theft or anything like that. We were just hanging out. we were, you know, but I would, but I was always late. So therefore I would be grounded. I would be punished. Uh, you can't go out next weekend. Okay. I hope it's never as big as, oh, I got my 15 year old girlfriend pregnant. That's a big one. But you know, families deal with what families deal with. My My only issue with Bobert is her staking the moral high ground. And telling others how to live their lives when her house is not in order. And her husband's facing charges too of domestic violence because they got into an argument, a very loud argument at a restaurant. Although he claims she hit him. But he's the one facing charges. So I. Uh, To me, that's a group of people that just need to go away, work through some stuff. Once you got things settled, then decide, should you be in the public eye? Uh, I have not watched the entire Safford City Council meeting yet. I was at the Thatcher Council meeting on monday so i figured it and let's be honest i'm not going to the uh, safford council meeting unless i have to because a they're long and b i don't want to go to any council meeting if i don't have to i've been doing this for nearly 30 years i have seen councils in so many states uh, that i just don't want to do it anymore um they're dull they're dry they're boring they're necessary they're very necessary And I salute anybody who runs for office because they're taking on a dull, dry, boring job. But it's to the benefit of their fellow residents. That said, I don't want to watch it. So if I don't have to go, I'm not going. But I do watch them uh, because Safford streams their meetings. So does Graham County, the Board of Supervisors, stream their meetings. So I watch them after the fact. Uh, The nice thing is you can fast forward if you don't care about a zoning issue or something else so I've not watched the whole thing i did uh watch the renaming of the airport so that was kind of cool dwayne's ballsbury am i pronouncing that right uh I, I i i i don't know it I have to look it up now Let's see. De, 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 de. Nothing like silence on the radio, eh, kids? All right, let's see. Dwayne Spalsbury, Spalsbury. If I use my Chicago accent, it's Dwayne Spalsbury over Uh, but I assume it's Spalsbury. Uh, he's now the name of the Safford Airport. The, the cool thing I thought was that Cameron Atkins, the airport manager, said, you know what, we, we got, and they really wanted people involved with aviation. They they didn't just want to name it somebody from the community that had nothing to do with airplanes, which I agree with. If you're going to name the airport, it should involve Airlines, airplanes, air travel of some sort. So the three that they kind of narrowed down were all World War II aviators, although one was a uh, ball turret gunner. Uh, The other two were pilots, Spalsbury being one of the pilots. And uh, the fact that uh, there was a ball turret gunner and lived is amazing because those guys, ooh, I mean, they're on the bottom of the plane when anti-aircraft fire is coming up. They did not have a long life expectancy in World War II. So the fact that there was one, cool, and he lived, great. Uh, but Cameron came up with this uh, compromise. Hey, if you're going to name one, cool, but the others will create a wall of honor. And I thought that was a really neat idea, So, and that can be added, to. And uh, Vice Mayor Arnold Lopez suggested a couple people, one of whom being Mayor Pro Tem Richard Ortega. Uh, I he served in Vietnam. To my knowledge, he wasn't flying, but I'm I'm not sure. I don't, was he a warrant officer? Was he flying helicopters? Possible, um, but I, I honestly don't know. And then he mentioned somebody who survived the Bataan Death uh, Death March, and I could not find the name. I looked through uh, the list of those that that were forced into that, and I both living and dead, and I could not find the name that that the vice mayor tossed out there. So, have to get some more information on that. That's why I didn't include it in the story. But you can read the story up op- on GilaValleyCentral.net. The other thing I need to look through the the Safford council meeting for is. Uh, They came up with their um, action plan. Uh, What's what's the best way to phrase this? I'm not looking at the agenda, but the the not a general plan, because you have to do that every 10 years but generally a, a roadmap for what they would like the city to look like. So staff came up with this, presented it to the council. I don't know if they have to take formal action on it. I will watch that when I get off the air and find out. But uh, I think it's a great idea. It really is. You, you should have an outline for your goals, your objectives. And it's funny. You'd be surprised how many cities and towns don't have that. So credit to city manager John Casella, his team, putting that together. Um, It really makes a difference and, and lets the elected officials and people running for office know, okay, this is where we're thinking about going. Do you have a better idea? Do you disagree? Do you agree but think there's a way to get it accomplished earlier than we're planning? All of which uh, can only happen once you have that roadmap out there. So I'll be watching that when I get off the... Jealous? Uh, I'll be watching that when you when I get off the air. But it's, it's the right move. It's the smart move. Uh, otherwise, how do you know? The last thing you want to do is hopscotch from idea to idea, and then you wind up with communities with uh, no zoning, or inconsistent zoning where you've got a three-story building next to a a three-story commercial building next to a house. You just don't want that. So to have a strategic plan in place, just, just a really, really smart move. So kudos to them. All right, that's it for me. I am out of here for now, but I'll be back tomorrow. I will. Until then, you guys have a great day.